This Irish Man Stands with America. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Hey everyone, thank you so much for tuning in. This is the Freedom's Disciple podcast. I'm your host, of course, Jonathan Dunn. As always, I'm on Twitter, at Freedom Disciple, at Freedom Disciple. Give me a follow, give me a share, um, give me a tweet, tell me where you think I'm right, where you think I'm wrong. One thing I want to do with this show, if possible, um, because I think it's important for everyone, um, conservatives, Tea Partiers, Tea Partiers, constitutionists, anyone who's involved in saving America, is I'm going to try and be online. At, this show gets released 12 noon Eastern every Saturday and I'm going to try and be on at 12 noon to tweet out the show and then to engage with as many people as possible and hopefully get a dialogue going and that you guys can discuss as well amongst yourselves and to try and get everyone engaging with each other and debating each other and to try and help and come up with different solutions because this show is going to as you might have noticed is making some changes I'm no longer talking politics I'm talking principles and I'd love to hear from you where you think I'm right, where you think I'm wrong, where you have potential solutions. Like last week, I challenged you with every part of poverty I broke down education, love, faith. Where's the government program that fixes that? And that's kind of the direction I'm going to go from going forward. Today, we're going to talk about economics. And I hope you enjoy this show because I've spent a bit of time doing research and trying to break economics down as simply and in common language as I possibly can. Before I get that, I want to talk to you for about two minutes just about something personal. Um, Ever since this show started, and I am so appreciative of everyone who tunes in and to all the great staff at The Blaze, I've never made it a secret that my aim is to become an American, and the best route for me to do that is to get a job and to offer a company something valuable that they see something in me that I can offer. And I hope this podcast can help me get stateside, that I can serve, that I can help, especially for next year, but also that I can speak out and potentially get on radio. So my plea for you is, I need your help to help grow this show. Um, It's not something I'm good at, but if you can help, if you can share with people you know... Um, share all podcasts with people via Twitter, via Facebook, via email, any way you know. The only way I'll be able to grow um, is with your help. And I really appreciate anybody who has supported me in the past and who will support me in the future. I do need your help and please consider sharing it as much as possible. Um, because this show isn't my show. This is a show to for the principles that America, I believe, was founded on and what can make your country great again. Also, because this is your show as much as it is mine, if there's topics you want me to discuss, um, a few people have said, you know, tell me about Ireland, tell me about socialism, and I'm going to do that over time, about actually living in it and the real world ramifications, because it's not nice. It's hell on earth, to be quite honest. Um, It kills you inside. And people think, you're just saying that. No, I really do. I think it kills your soul. I believe the soul is meant to be free and to be clamped down and to be looked down upon and to be held back and to be told you can't make a difference or you can't change things. I think it does kill you bit by bit, day by day inside and that is something we need to change. 
Also, one last thing before I get started. It's something I've said several times during the podcast, but I really want to emphasize this. When I do this, I don't want fans, I don't want followers, and I sure as hell don't want to get people agreeing with everything I say. My aim is twofold. I want to share my passion and my solutions with you and hope that not that you get my passion or that you get my solutions, but that you find your passion again and that you find it where you stand. I don't ask anyone to follow me or to think, well, John is right there and John is right on this issue and John's solution is right there. I don't want that, even if I am right. I want you to find your solution, your where you stand on the issue. It might be the exact same as mine, or it might be slightly different, or it might be completely different. That's fine. But please, this is with me and with everyone else. Don't be a follower. Find out where you stand. Educating yourself is one of the most powerful things you can do. Question with boldness everything. So now, let's get started onto the show. Today we're going to talk about economics, the economy, the myths that go around there. Because there's an awful lot of garbage, hogwash, myths, and complete fallacies out there by both parties. And you're going to hear a lot coming up to 2016, both for the, the race for the House and the Senate again, but the 2016 for the Presidents. You're going to hear an awful lot of hot air. You're going to hear an awful lot of promises. You're going to hear a lot of, well, just elect me and everything will be sorted. I think it's important that we break things down. The first thing I want to talk to you today about is you're going to hear from the left, the moderate conservatives, the conservatives, the constitutionalists, everyone. If you elect me, you're going to have such and such job growth. I haven't been paying too much attention to individual job plans, but I know Jeb Bush is one. He was one of the first. He said, well, if we do all these things I want to do, you know, we'll have 4% growth year on year. Or people will say, well, if you do this, I'm going to create so many million jobs over four years. Or they're going to do this for the economy. Or they're going to grow GDP. They'll come out with all these great stats. And this goes for conservatives as well, by the way. This isn't, well, this is the rhinos, John. No, this is conservatives as well. I am here to tell you, flat out today, there is not one thing any politician can do to grow the economy. There's not one thing. Before I explain that, I want to re-emphasize why and how this battle has been drawn out. I don't see politics the way most Americans do. I don't see left versus right, Republican versus Democrat, conservative versus liberal. I break this battle down to its very core. The, I call them, I coined the term off, I followed the term off, people like Mark Levin and Aristotle, the utopian statists. Their sole aim is to advance the state or their role in the state. Or you have freedom-loving people. Or you also have anarchists. But let's just keep it simple, the two groups. You have those who want to promote the state and those who seek to promote the individual. 
So how can I say something that, well, no matter who says it, left or right, conservative or liberal, that no matter what jobs plan they put forward, they will not be responsible for growing the economy. There is nothing they can do. Well, to be honest, there's one thing they can do to grow the economy. That is foolproof and their way of doing things. The one thing they can do is they can steal, through taxation, more of the people who work and more of the people who make investments and more of the the so-called millionaires and billionaires. They can steal more from them and grow the size of government. And you have more and more regulations, more and more government bodies, more and more private and external government bodies. You know, on a side point, the amount of funding that you give to external companies is frightening. I'm looking at the biggest one in the media now, the debate over Planned Parenthood. This is not a government organisation. It is a government-funded organisation. That is the only way a government of any politician you get the most conservative person in there that is the only way they can grow the economy now you'll hear people and I'm going to focus on conservatives today you'll hear people who are quote unquote conservatives and tea party people say but John if I just reduce the IRS fantastic won't grow won't create jobs won't grow the economy but if we just stop the EPA Fantastic, all forest, brilliant idea. Let's abolish the EPA, even better. It won't create jobs. It won't make the economy grow. But if we just cut down on the legislation, fantastic, wonderful, all forest, won't grow the economy. I even hear tax proposals, which I'm a fan of, by the way. I'm not knocking any of these ideas. I support them full-heartedly, 110%. But what I don't support is the myth that says, if you do these, you'll grow the economy. Because it doesn't work. I see people, and I'm a huge fan of this tax policy, because I think it changes. It's not fully where I'd go, but Rand Paul has a great tax policy out there. He gets rid of the FICA tax. And connected to that is all the jobs and the the economic benefit of that. Fantastic, all for it. It doesn't grow the economy. It does not grow the economy. I see other people saying, well, if we just reduce the regulations from Washington and the legislation, fantastic, wonderful, won't grow the economy. I'll give you one more. If we just simplify the tax code, imagine the economic benefit that would have. Fantastic idea, 100% support it, won't grow the economy. How can I say all this? Because I'm going to let you into a little secret that very few politicians will say or will admit. The power of the economy lies in your hands. Ever who's listening, it lies in your hands. The decisions you make that you don't even pay much attention to affect the economy affect companies affect jobs a little exercise for you the next time you're out and I'm going to make it simple next time you're going grocery shopping 
this happens in every shop but just take groceries because that's where most people are on a regular basis look at all the products in the shop and go to an aisle where there's a lot of a similar product your candy bars your crisps your chips your vegetables look at how they all compete they're all competing for your business not government's business they're competing for your business and look at how they compete with each other now this might be boring to someone to that I apologize but I find marketing and business fascinating but just look at all the products in the shop and how they differentiate themselves or what their USP is their USP is their unique selling point what do they hit on some of them you might see is we're the cheapest others might be we're the best another might be we're all made in America they're all competing for your dollar you have the power you get to decide you know what I'm gonna buy I I want to support American jobs I'm gonna buy their product or theirs tastes better there's their, their food is nicer I prefer their chips to someone else's all right I prefer a Mountain Dew to a Powerade or I prefer a Mars to a Snickers government has absolutely no power unless it steals from the private sector and starts buying products but in the private market you have incredible power now that's just something small like your grocery shopping think of something bigger look at all the advertising you see now granted advertising doesn't have the effect that it used to especially on places like TV because you TiVo things and you fast forward I don't watch advertising anymore I don't watch anything live I press pause let it go and half an hour later I'll come back press play and when the ads comes I fast forward but the power of advertising this week or next week there's a debate on CNN the Republican debate sorry that was last week they charged up to two hundred thousand dollars for a 30 minute 30 second sorry advertising slot they weren't seeking government money they were seeking your money the success and failure of an economy yes government can hurt the economy but it can't make it grow you have the power the individual has the power a family has the power and this applies to every set of economic principles that you see this applies to grocery shopping buying new trainers buying sports clothes going on holiday buying a new car buying a house all the things that would make an economy grow that is you the individual that is you your family your friends your community your churches your businesses all buying things up that is not government I gotta take a quick break America but I'm gonna give you a real real life example to show you how much power you have over the economy and how little a politician has I gotta take a quick break I hope you'll stick with me I'll be right back freedom versus freebies this is freedom's disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the blaze radio network
Don't miss the morning blaze with Doc and Skip. John Boehner is not even going to finish his term. He's going to resign because he finally got the Pope to speak to Congress. Is that right? Had I known this four or five years ago, I would have started a letter-writing campaign for Benedict. Hell, had I known where John would end up 15 years ago, I would have started a letter-writing campaign for Pope John Paul II. The Morning Blaze with Doc and Skip. Weekday mornings, 6 to 9 Eastern, on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. I hope you're enjoying the show so far. And I hope I'm breaking down economics as simply as I possibly can. So I want to give you a real, tangible, real-life example. There's a principle in marketing, business, economics. And the business principle, it's called the four P's of marketing. It actually should be five P's, but it's four. The four P's of marketing are very simple. It's product, price, promotion, place. The fifth P I always think gets forgotten about and I'm very passionate about is people. So I want to give you a real life example of how much power you actually have. And I hope you'll indulge me in this example because I'm going to use myself as an example. So, I want to get into the radio business, and I work with The Blaze. So, here's the hypothetical example. Glenn Beck comes to me tomorrow morning and says, Jonathan, I think you're wonderful. Never happened, but let's just say, let's play along. I think you're the future of talk radio. And I'm going to give you everything you need to succeed. And we're going to make your show radio And we're going to give you every tool that business says you need. So the five P's you're going to get. So I have all the money I need. I have all the best equipment. I have all the best people, researchers, call screeners, assistants, everything. Anything I need to make my show a success. So let's break them down. The product. Well, it's a radio show. People love talk radio. Everyone listens to it. There have been many successful people at it. There's Glenn Beck, Mark Levin, Rush Limbaugh, many others. They're the biggies. There are other people who've had a lot of success. People on the blaze like Buck Sexton, Doc Thompson, Michael Pelka. There is a huge demand for good talk radio out there. The price... Well, talk radio is free, so I can't be cut on price. That's sorted. The promotion. Well, the Blaze has given me all the money I need. I can get all the advertisements I want. I can promote it on Facebook with Facebook ads, Twitter ads. I can get a few ads in newspapers, on newsletters. Money's no object. I've promoted it. The best promotion you can imagine. It just is brilliant. The place... Well, the Blaze has given me a network there. They're letting me get out there and I'm going to get syndicated. And I'll be everywhere. I'll be on all the apps. I'll be on SoundCloud, on iTunes. I'll be on iHeartRadio. Place is not a problem. The people. 
Well, the people, I have all access to the best researchers, the best call screeners, the best administration people, best people money can buy. I've done everything right and launched this radio show. Who has the power over the success of that radio show? I can do absolutely everything right, promote it, get the word out there, make it available on every platform available to man. If you, the listener, don't listen, it's a flop. It'll get cancelled. It doesn't matter how great Glenn Beck would think I am or other people think I am. You have the power. This is why it infuriates me when I see all these economic plans that says, I'm going to grow the economy by X percent or going to create X amount of jobs. Because it diminishes the individual. It's almost like, and this is against conservatives, by the way, mostly. It's almost like conservatives think, just get rid of the IRS and the EPA and jobs just appear. Products just appear. It's almost like business is easy. I've just given you an example there of how, if you don't like it, no matter what I do and don't and you don't listen, it's a failure. But before you can create jobs, you need to have someone who has an idea. Before you can create jobs and have economic growth, you need to have someone who has an idea, but also either has business experience himself or someone who knows business of how to get patents, of how to bring your product to market. I have no doubt in this world, and I'm not just talking about in this world, there are many pieces of paper in a drawer, in a cabinet somewhere, with the best ideas people ever came up with but they couldn't bring their product to market it's not that simple and then the other part is so you have this great product or service you have a way of making it tangible can you then compete can you get the word out there can you grow your company And if you grow your company, can you make your success lasting and ensure your product is not a fad? These are all, not all of them, some of the key things that happen in an economy. And it all boils down to you. The power is in your hand. Not a politician's hand, not a president's hand, nobody's. The power is in your hand and how you respond. And bear in mind, there are people out there who have great products, but have failed for different reasons. They have great products, but people just don't buy them because, you know, they're too expensive. I can't justify spending. It's a great product. Can't justify spending that amount of money. Or, I just don't like the look of it. Yeah, it's great, but I don't like the look of it. Or, I don't like the color or how it feels. There are many great products out there that don't make it that don't succeed and also lastly access to capital 
it's great having these great new ideas and services and I'm going to change how the world operates I have this fantastic product you can't get money you can't set up your business the biggest fallacy out there I think or one of the biggest is a politician grows the economy it's not it's you someone listening to this or someone you know creating a product or a service marketing it the right way competing on its USP whether it's quality made in America price competing on how it's promoted and getting the word out there competing with the people it hires do you know many good companies have done really well and then hired some really bad people and their companies don't do so good and where it's placed you can have the best product at the best price the best promoted but if your product is like out in the middle of nowhere and no one can get to you no one's going to buy it there is so much to business that individuals change not politicians now I want to be perfectly clear so there is no misunderstandings will doing some of the things politicians and conservatives are talking about EPAs regulations, legislation will reducing that help? absolutely but here's the thing I want to finish this segment up on I saw a report a couple of years ago that said the entrepreneurial spirit was at its all time low in America here's something we need to change how many people and I spoke about this last week so I am kind of repeating myself but it's something I am so passionate about how many people today think they can't change it how many people today think they can't be successful how many people do you know that think today is their life and that today it's as good as it's ever going to get we need to create dreams you want to grow economies you have to support people not by buying the products but by just being nice and saying yeah you can do it go for it don't stay in your job if you have a great product get out there and try it be safe and make sure you take precautions but try it shoot for the stars you can make a difference and we need to create a culture not by politicians, not by presidents, but by people. A culture that says, go for it. Make, take that shot. Create that culture for the next generation that says, don't be average. Don't be part of the middle class, even though there's no such thing. But don't, don't make that something you aim for. Aim to be great. Aim to be a big businessman. Heck, I'm going to say something that people won't like. Hey, Aim to be a millionaire and billionaire. Because if you're a millionaire or a billionaire, you don't get there by just waking up. It means you've created something of need, of worth, of substance. That's something people wanted. If we can create that culture for this generation but also the next, to make entrepreneurial something good, fantastic. Because when someone creates something, we get the benefit from the product. 
but the economy gets the benefit from all the jobs and all the add-on jobs that it gives we all win when people are entrepreneurs when people are changing the world when they're challenging the status quo when they see something says I can make that cheaper I can make that better I can make that quicker that's what we want we want to be advancing as a civilization we want to be getting better and if we can get that culture down can you imagine how great things will be because yet again this won't come from politicians or a president or a supreme court or an unelected bureaucrat this comes from you this comes from you the individual and you the individual and people working together for a common cause uniting together and making the world a better place I'm going to take a quick break America I hope that has given you something to think about and I'm going to challenge another myth that I see in society on a regular basis I'll be right back I hope you'll stick with me you're listening to Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network One of the defining characteristics of the American left is a complete, not just a lack of moral clarity, but an intentional destruction of moral clarity. It's not just that they don't understand what is more and what is not. They want to make sure that nobody else can tell either or that people lose their basic moral compass because then it's, of course, easier to control you. Buck Sexton, weekdays, noon to 2 p.m. Eastern on the Blaze Radio Network. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. As always, I am on Twitter at Freedom Disciple at Freedom Disciple. Give me a tweet. Let me know what you think of today's show. Where you think I'm right. Where you think I'm wrong. And let's engage and let's debate and let's learn together. If I'm wrong about something, I hope someone will point it out, um, and we can have a discussion about it, and we can learn together. So, on to the next liberal myth of economics. And this really isn't an economic thing. It's more a let's empower ourselves, let's make government bigger, let's give me more power thing, but it's shaped in economic terms. And this happens through politicians. You'll see it from people on the left, you'll see it in moderate Republican terms, and you'll see it from, of all people, the Pope last week. And this is, let's tax and make the economy better. Let's tax the millionaires and billionaires, the people who have too much, the people who have too much money. And let's make our economy more fundamentally sound. Because having too much is not a good thing. And I always wonder, do people understand the and I don't make judgments and I'm not judging them but do people understand the ignorance of statements like this and I want to give you an example and by the way all the links that I put on or I talk about on the show 
are on my site when I release the podcast, freedomsdisciple.com, with all my other work. But I want you to imagine something. Now, this will never happen to someone like me, but imagine I'm a millionaire and billionaire. I've created something. I've made millions. I have the uber-wealthy lifestyle. I can have anything I want. I saw an article recently where from and this is in England because it's about France but where people are now being attacked because the the the, the yachts for the super wealthy are, are going up in money and it's something we need to stop and curb because you know having too many yachts is a bad thing this wasn't from a global warming or a climate change point of view this was just you know the 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 income inequality the the income divide between the rich and the poor is too big and we need to manage that and the ignorance of that statement is, for me, it's incredible. Because when you say something like that, one, to me, it says two things. One, you don't understand freedom, which is a problem. But two, you don't understand economics. It's almost like if you buy a yacht, and actually, forget the yacht part, because I'm going to give you an, a real-life example. I'm that millionaire and billionaire and I go out tomorrow and I say, hey, you know what would be fun? I want to buy a Ferrari. It's almost like when people would say, Jesus, John, you can't buy a Ferrari. That's not fair. Look at all the poor people on the street. Look at all the homeless and you're going around in a Ferrari. You heartless SOB. And the first thing I always think of is, it's like you think... Everyone who makes or has anything to do with a Ferrari is a millionaire and billionaire. Every worker is a millionaire and billionaire and we have to hate them. So when I was doing research for this, I googled something really quick. And I, I don't know if this site, it's an English site. I don't know how reputable it is or whether they're good or bad, but I don't care. But I googled parts to a Ferrari. And I got this section and I came up with 79 different parts or sections to a Ferrari. The crankcase, the crankshaft, the cylinder heads, the timing system, the timing belt, the ignition system, the air system, the fuel tank, the intake manifold, the exhaust system, the oil pump, the gearbox, the cooling system, the motor the motor cooling, the gearbox, the brakes, the pedals, the steering control, the hydraulics, the suspensions, the wheels, the tire pressure, the batteries, the cooling, the starter motor, the evaporator unit, the ACs, the CDs, the seats, the head cases, the exterior, the interior, the wheelhouses, the bumpers, the heat shields, the insulations, the mats, the doors, the fuelings, the windows, the screens, the dashboards, the airbags, the glove compartment, the seat belts, the wheels and trims, the information, the anti-theft system, the locks, the paint, there's more. They're the most popular. Who creates them? Is it millionaires and billionaires 
that creates every one of those products. And they're just sections, by the way. If you go into each of those sections, there are thousands of thousands of different products to make that car come together. There's a great video, and I'll put it up, but it's a simpler version of what I'm trying to say. It's Milton Freeman's an eye pencil. I advise you to watch it, or YouTube it yourself. But when you buy something, like a Ferrari, you are creating jobs. You shouldn't see someone in a Ferrari and go, oh, you heartless SOB, look at all the homeless people and, and the income inequality and the divide. You should be thankful because all the jobs that person has helped create, all the sections that I have done, and that's just creating that product. Not to mention all the products that get there. Like to make a brake, you don't just make a brake. You need different parts. You need steel, you need iron ore, you need plastic, you need rubber. I, I don't know, excuse me, I'm not the most experienced in cars, but you get the idea. You need all these types of products. So then you create more spin-off jobs. All the jobs you create when you buy a Ferrari. And these are not millionaires and billionaires. These are using the language from the left. These are the working class, middle class families. And look at all the extra jobs that you create. It's not like someone, let's just take one component, the steel. It's not like there's a steel factory out there that you just forget about. All the jobs he creates by making the steel, harvesting the steel, strengthening the steel, shaping the steel. The property he owns, the insurance he buys, the wages he creates. It is so... An economy is not just an individual item that you buy. And this goes... Take any example. A yacht is the exact same. All the people who come together making... Excuse me. Their individual part. They don't know what it's been made for. It just happened to go into a Ferrari. But that created a job. And that person has a job, has money, is able to provide for their family. We shouldn't hate people because they drive Ferraris or talk about income inequality. I wish we'd get to a point where, it, like the old story, that we understood the difference between socialism and capitalism. And it used to be the old story where there's two people, and Reagan used to tell this story all the time, that's only 20 years ago, where two people are standing on the side of the road and a Jaguar or Ferrari in this case goes running by and one person says to the other, man, I hate that person, we should take it off him. That's the socialist. And the capitalist says to him, nah, I don't want to take it off him, I want my own. And actually I want a bigger and better one. That's what we want. We want dreams and ambition and to get better. When you create jobs, even... I haven't even talked on the part of the Ferrari salesperson, the salesperson to do it, the admin person, the warranty person, the business owner, the building that they're in, the premises that they have, the security that they have. All these jobs are created to sell that Ferrari. The thousands upon thousands upon thousands of jobs. But yet we're so caught up in our hate and our anger, which is fueled by even the Pope that says... Oh, you're driving a Ferrari. Get him. Get her. We hate her. No. 
I refuse to because that's economic stupidity and ignorance and hate. I celebrate people who create jobs. Even if it's just something simple. Like you take the most simple part of a car. The headrest. Who uses a headrest in a car? I don't. If you do, congratulations. That's for you. But it's just there. But it played a part. It came together. It played a part in that car. Someone created that. The fabric. The, the, the foam that goes inside it. The metal. The plastic at the bottom. The mechanics in it so it can go up and down. It just happens that that headrest went into a Ferrari. Is there something more noble about creating a headrest? If that's your company. For I don't know. A Mazda or some average family car. Compared to creating a headrest for a Ferrari. Are we supposed to hate those people? Are we supposed to hate those workers? Because oh well you created a headrest for a Ferrari. I hate you. Please. The aim has to be to empower people. Business is not an individual thing. Where you can just pick and choose what you hate and what you like. And what you think is good and what you think is bad. If you ever, I'll give you the best example. Again, this is another bit of exercise for you to do. But to show you how important business is. And little things that you do that affect it. And I'll give you one that because it's the time of year. Football. Imagine going to a football stadium. Look at all the individual businesses that are relying on you buying a ticket. And I don't mean like at the the big expensive premier box tickets. I mean the the right side right field bleachers, five, six, ten, twelve bucks a ticket. Look at all the people you are helping in business that are there to help you and provide a service. You have the stadium, you have the lights, you have the heat, you have the ball players, the umpires, the people who make the bats, the people who make the balls, the people who make the bags on the bases, the people who make the paint to paint the bases, the people who put the sand, the clay for the bases, the people who make grass and water. And all the other adjectives to make the grass grow. The people for the seats in the stadium. The stadium itself. The banners. The merchandise store. The jerseys. The numbers. The baseball hats. The gloves. And that's just the merchandise. Then you go on and you have the people who make the toilets. The people who make the concrete. The floors. The steps. Then you have the people who sell your hot dogs, the people who make the hot dog buns, the hot dogs, the burgers, the people who make the beer, the people who make the soft drinks, the people who sell the soft drinks, the people who make the cotton candy, the popcorn, the corn dogs, the people who make the corn dogs stick. That's all because you spent $10, $12 to go to a baseball game and the potential for their business. I know I've went on a bit, but this is just to ram home the point. A government, a politician, a president doesn't make an economy grow. And we shouldn't hate people because, oh, they bought a Ferrari or a yacht. It's economic stupidity. We should celebrate those people and all the jobs they've created. 
And we should celebrate the people who spent $10 to go to a baseball game. Because they've made a difference. And they've helped businesses. And that's just the businesses they've directly helped. That's not including the follow-on business. Because that person working, and even if it's just a student at the weekend, hey, I worked six, seven, eight hours to pay my way through college. They get the twenty, ten dollars an hour, whatever it is these days. They get their eighty, hundred dollars for working eight, ten hours a week. What do they go do? They go spend the money on I don't know food, rent, and then the money keeps going, and then eventually it'll come to a businessman, and then he goes and creates a new product. We shouldn't hate people like this. Just because they have something we don't. We shouldn't be aspired. And inspired to do things and make a difference. You decide how the economy goes. You by your actions and your purchases and what influences you. You have the most power over the economy. But no one in DC will ever tell you that. Or the Pope will say, you should hate someone because they have a car and that's not right. They have a Ferrari. Look at all the jobs it created. i got to take one last quick break, America. I hope you'll stick with me and I hope I've given you food for thought. I'll be right back. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. America WK with your host, Andrew WK. Always question yourself the most, then question others. But if people make you question yourself, then we can be thankful for them, even if they do it in ways that are unpleasant. It's been said before, and I'll say it again, it is the speech that we most disagree with that we have to fight most passionately to protect. America WK, Saturdays, 10 a.m. to noon on the Blaze Radio Network. Versus freebies. This is Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on the Blaze Radio Network. Thanks for sticking with me, America. I hope you've enjoyed today's show. I want to finish off today's show not talking about economics, but just talking and sharing something that I've witnessed over the last week or two. And two little stories um, for you. I'm often asked privately by a few people, you know, what do you care about most? What's, you know, what's your number one passion? And I, I never know how to answer it. You know, if I could change one thing, what would you change? You know, these type of questions. And I never know how to answer it because I change. I want to change more than one thing or be part of the change of more than one thing. But today I want to talk to you about naysayers and people who bring you down and people who say you can't do things. I don't watch a lot of telly. Um, I live in a house with my mother and I sh- I, where I work and where I do this show and where I have all my work 
um, and my political work um, is in what you call the dining room and it's split in half, half is my table and my desk, my computers and my information and the other half is a telly and a sofa and a tea and stuff and I share it with my mother and my mother will watch telly and she likes watching light hearted you know easy going stuff after work she doesn't want to you know necessarily do what I do listen to Glenn Beck and Mark Levin and read politics and read books and she just wants to chill out so there's a lot of times she's in the room with me and I'm working away or I've got my earphones on listening to stuff and um, but this Sunday she was watching telly and I didn't have my earphones on and I couldn't help but watch and I don't know anything about these people but she started to watch this show called I think it's The Little Couple The Little People something I don't know what station it's on in the US it's a US family two small people um, who I don't know if they're classed as dwarfs or whatever but they it's a man and a woman they've adopted two kids and the cameras followed them around and they've had the health issues the reason I tell you this story is because when I watched it one thing that struck me was and especially growing up and watching modern day Ireland um, and seeing it when I was growing up looking at these people because they're small because they're different because they're not normal quote unquote when I was growing up they would have been just cast aside they would have been just said oh, you can't do anything in life you can't achieve anything you know you have too many disadvantages just just live on welfare just you know do what you can but you know go away you're a problem for society um, and we have to deal with that there wouldn't be any empowerment there wouldn't be saying you can do anything You, yes you have this issue but you can still achieve stuff and learning about the little bit I haven't looked into these people and I don't want to but what struck me was here you have two people who are successful she's some type of doctor and he's a business owner and I think number one I think that's progress for society but two it just goes to show you one of the things I am passionate about and I speak as much as possible about is the only limit you have in life is what you set yourselves the only limit you have is what you think you can and cannot do there will always be people in this world no matter how much progress that we make no matter how much better we get there will always be someone who says you can't change it you can't do that you didn't build that if you don't listen and you keep shooting for the moon you can change the world it mightn't be great big changes but you can change the world in a meaningful way the second story I saw was on Glenn Beck's show two, three weeks ago, but I only watched it on Sunday. And he had a lady called Gianna Jensen on. If I ever get to do interviews for this show, she'd be one of the first I ever ask. Because she is a superstar. And she had such a great outlook on life. If you haven't watched it, I sincerely hope uh, you do. Um, she was on his evening talk show and I think she's going on radio sometime soon but this is a lady who survived a saline abortion 
And her outlook on life, one was she loves being America and she talks very passionately about, you know, American history and we're Americans and I love that. I, I love people who says, I'm gonna change the world and talks about American history with passion, not like, oh God, we're America, we might offend someone if we say we're great. But just unabashedly passionate. And I wish more people had that. But one of the things that struck me most and the way I want to close this show is because she has, because of her saline abortion, she has cerebral palsy. But she says, number one, she's not a victim. And number two, she looks at it like as a gift. And she talks about it as being a gift. I want to be very blunt. And if this offends anyone, I apologize. But I want to finish today's show by asking you to ask yourself a question. There are three people whose society and society norms says you can't do anything. You can amount to nothing. Yet they have. To people out there, and this is to myself as well as everyone else, who don't have cerebral palsy, don't have uh, being a little person or being a dwarf, what's your excuse? What's your excuse? Why haven't you changed the world? These people have. Or at least making dense and proving that there is no limit. There is no limits in this life. What's your excuse? I know me, for me personally, I can only speak for myself. You'll have to speak for yourself. I'm sick and tired of a lot of things. I'm getting very old and old-fashioned in my views. But there's a lot of stuff I'm just not caring about anymore. I want to change the world and be a force for good. I want to find ways to empower people. To counter the arguments that the politicians throw at you. I want to counter the victimhood status that we have in life. That we must remove each and every obstacle for people that make things as life as hard as possible. If you don't ever overcome anything, you've achieved nothing in life. Life is really hard. In fact, life can be hell. It can beat you down more times than you ever care to know. But life isn't about whether you got beat down or not. Because eventually you will get beat down some way, shape or form. Life is about getting back up and surviving and thriving and getting knocked down again maybe and getting right back up not taking well I have cerebral palsy I, I can't do anything or I'm a dwarf and a small person I could never be a doctor bullcrap you can do anything you want I say this to you in your life please believe me when I say this please believe it or find a way to believe it that's true you can change things. You can change. I don't know whether it's what your role is on this earth. That's between you and God. You might just have to change things in your family. Reach out to someone. Make things better in your family. Or you might have a role in your church. Or you might be the next Glenn Beck. Or the next great speaker. Or the next great politician. Or the next great jobs creator. Or the next great inventor. I don't know what your role is. 
But please never let anyone say you can't do it. You can't change that. You're just not good enough. You're not smart enough. You're not tall enough. You're not good looking enough. You can change things. And most importantly, to those that says America's over and you know America's gone and you know America it's just over. You know, it's it was a great dream and a great myth while it lasted, or it was it was great while it lasted, but today it's over. It can change it. You can change it. You can be the force for good. You can overcome each and every obstacle you have today. But you have to overcome them the right way. And that's what I'm going to try my best to do. To help and to empower not a politician, not a president, not a party. But you, the individual. Because you make the changes. I thank you so much for listening and tuning in today. I hope you've enjoyed it. I hope I've given you food for thought. Please consider sharing it with your friends and family. I really need your help and really appreciate anything you can do for me. As always, I salute your firefighters, your police, your emergency personnel, your vets, and I salute you, the great American people. America is great because the American people are good. God bless you, and I'll talk to you next week. Freedom's Disciple with Jonathan Dunn on demand. The Blaze Radio Network.